somebody sitting down to see what is happening. I want to tell you people, this is a big step that we are taking. And I also want to say that the message for this meeting is for you people. It's not something that is new. It's something that the Lord gave me long before coming to this meeting. So you have taken a, a step that pleases heaven, and heaven will honor you. I want to pray for you to receive the grace to live this new life. The grace to say no to sin. The grace to make a difference in your generation. The grace to be the new person that this bachelor is going to make you. And the grace to manifest that in your life. Let your spirit provide the grace. Shando Kadima Santa Rebaba Koto Tina Sinta Rabakoto Shemanta Katiba Santo Rabakata Kandibikuruma Sinta. Thank you for the curtain that was open. And thank you that you are looking down to see these people and to bring them to the place the grace which will enable them to demonstrate the power that is in those who have believed in the Lord my daughter your greatness will be seen by all people There is no weapon fashioned against you that will perform. I see warriors with arrows surrounding you. But I also see that every arrow that is shot is broken before it reaches you. You will not fear the day, you will not fear the night. For the Lord says that he is not giving us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. You are fearless. Nothing will intimidate you. Nothing will discourage you. By the anointing, that you are receiving through this imposition. The earth would expand under your feet. Your ankles would always be strong. You would walk and you will not be tired. You will not be found in any place where there is shame. For it is written, glory, 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 glory. What the Lord is telling me. You would be, you it, it is coming to a time people will wonder if you are from that kind of family. Because it isn't that you're going to exceed the expectation, but you're going to create your own expectation. Kandola Basinta Rababa Masata. There are so many libras that the Lord is going to send out. I want to say this to you. Whatever that you do, there is a portion that will also result in you working for the Lord. The Lord is not calling you to a full time, but he's calling you to a place where 
you will do whatever you want to do, but you will still serve the Lord in a way. Kando basanka turubusunto ramaketi kaye basata rebukoto koto koto kaye mansunto karabasinta. You have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This favor will separate and distinguish you. Oh, you hear so many things in your life and the people will say, it is the doing of the Lord and it's marvelous. And your testimony will be, will be that saith the Lord. And everything that the Lord has said concerning your life will come to pass. There will not be anything that the Lord has said that will not come to pass. Wait, be patient. When your friends are running, just be patient. Because when you start running, you will be flying. Far and wide. The Lord is going to reveal himself to you. You carry man santa. You have messages and you are filled with the things of the Lord. Right from your childhood, you have loved the Lord. But the Lord says this is the time for him to show his love unto you. It shall be revealed. It shall be manifested. And all the world will see what the Lord is doing. Amen. I really respect your testimony. No one can do this except the leading of the Lord. For this, the Lord rewards you with a light. The Lord would show his light in your parts of life. I see you sitting under a tree. And okay. I see you sitting on the tree. And I see the fruit of the tree falling down. But you are very picky. In the sense that as so many fell down, but you are looking for what would satisfy you. And this is what the Lord is saying. He said, the time in the past, you have not been picky. Everything that came your way, you accepted it. But now, the Lord would give you the light to see what you need to choose. Because that which you choose from now on has a divine consequence. And I pray that the Lord separates you from false friends. I pray that good and reliable friends will show up. Huh. I, I see like a place, like a kitchen. I see utensils there. I see that the Lord is blessing your hands. If you are called to do anything that has got to do with food, kando kaye bakarabasata. Oh God. Ah. God has blessed your fingers. And everybody will see. Amen. She said Kedra, right? The Lord will invite you to the desert and give you a party. The Lord has thrown a party for us in the desert. And you have a cause to come to the desert to enjoy the party. Today, I want to speak about 
how to say no. Which is a part to seeing the glory of God in your life. The mystery in the power of saying no. The doorway to godliness. I want you to look at your friend. ungodliness. Can you say it again? You know, the Lord told me, I said, do you know that from today you can choose not to sin anymore? You see, God has put in his church apostles prophets, teachers, evangelists to equip the saints. So what I'm going to do today is by the grace of the Lord equip you because you see one will say go and sin no more. It doesn't help you. Is that right? We have to show you the, the way how not to sin any longer. Let's go to Titus chapter 2, 11. Titus chapter 2, 11, maybe in 12 should be fine. Maybe we'll start from 10, we'll come to 11 through to the next one. Titus. Go to the next one. Okay. So, so let's go up and then come to this one. Let's go up and come to this one. The one before this one, because this is not a full. Okay. Can we read it together? Let's go. Next one. Hallelujah. The grace of God has appeared to only the pastors, church leaders, the mothers, the children, but who? No, it's not everyone. You. It's appeared to what? To me. It has appeared to me. Can, you, can, I, can I have it? Let's see how many names we see there. Go back to the 10. Uh, 11, sorry, 11. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. This is all men means all human beings. Eh? Go. Uh huh. Next line. Teaching us that denying our godliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. In another translation, it says that saying no to all ungodliness. So I asked the Lord, 
how can we say no to sin? And the Lord explained to me. He said, sin lives in us. And on the cross, Jesus was made sin. So that we might live out the righteousness of God. Let's go to James 1, 14 to 15. There are about four things that I want us to understand using James 1 to explain. <laughs> I, have, I have somebody who says that when a mouse, maybe he, I don't know how they call it, is it a mouse or a rat or a rodent? You still call it. Okay. So, which of the ladies can cross a street when you even know that the snake is dead? You can't. You know that the snake is dead, but it's lying on the street. Is it going to be a challenge? Is it going to be a challenge? I'm talking to the ladies. Is that a challenge? Yes. Eh? That is exactly. Sin is dead. Sin is dead. But some of us are afraid to what? Step over the sin. Because on the cross, Jesus took the power that is in that snake to bite us. But without the equipping, your mind will not be translate, transformed. And when your mind is not transformed, you always think about the old thing as if the snake has power. So sin has no power because Jesus has broken its power. And now Jesus is telling us that we should be able to say no to sin. Because it has no power, it has no dominion. So let's see how sin gets its power. James 1, 14 to 15. Let's see how. Now, do you see your name in the first line? Do you see your name there? You can't see your name? It says, but each one. That is your name. So now, do you see your name there? Do you see yourself there? Good. It says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed, then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So, sin is in us, but it has no power. We have power over sin. We are not like the people in the world who, for, who don't have Jesus in them. We have Jesus in us who has given us the power over sin. And Jesus cannot ask us to say no to sin when he has not equipped us to say no. I'll go back and give you a few examples. But if we get this, if we get this, the rest of the uh, teaching will be very easy. So this is how it works. I want to find a neutral example. You, 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 you find somebody's money or you visit a friend, I don't know where, but you find somebody's money. You don't go and take it immediately. Something takes place in you, right? You imagine the type of shoes or the type of something that you can get and all those. And as those things are, are, are moving, you are creating a certain desire. And that desire is awakening sin. So when the desire gets to a level, then you entice 
that somebody's money becomes attractive to you. So you go and take it. Now, look at this. Do you know that be, between the desire and enticement, you can decide not to take the money? Do you know that? Why, can, why are you able to decide? Because you have power to say no. So when you are able to say no, then you have not reached the place of what? Of sinning. So this internal, uh, how do you call process is within our control. It's within our control. Let me tell you a personal story. One of the uh, uh, doors that opened for me from the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is this. Long time ago, flying was not very attractive. The airlines, we didn't have uh, rights that we, we, we have now. So the office was having uh, a workshop in Uganda. And then uh, myself and another lady uh, were nominated to go. And then they shipped our things to Kampala and when we got to Nairobi, we missed the Kampala flight. We were entitled to, uh, how do you call it, stopover facilities. But I won't mention the name of the airline. The airline said, we can't help you. The only thing we have is that the two of you sleep in one room. Now, so let me give you the background of this. So that you understand. Now this girl in the office calls me her husband. Whether it's serious or not, I, I don't know. And I have to sleep with this lady in, in the same room. I want to give you more details because you are not recording this. As I was sleeping, I saw the lady go out and wash her pants. Now, do you know what happened? I slept like uh, a log. This is what they, they say, eh? a log. Then when I reached Kampala, the spirit of the Lord visited me. And in the meeting, God was speaking to me about everybody. That was, how do you call When I was able to say no to that kind of fully, God opened a mighty door for me in my ministry. You see, the other thing about sin is that sin is so decorative. It's decorated in such a way that you will not know the consequence. Look at the sin of David. He slept with Bathsheba, but it ended by killing and the army losing, uh, how do you call, uh, the battle. <laughs> let me tell you, young people, let me tell you something. You hear the word peer pressure, but let me open it to you. At the age of 18, I finished school. I came back to my hometown. And then there were guys in the town. I had come far away to that place. And they said, if you want to belong, if you are not in that group, you are not uh, recognized. I wanted to belong. They said, this is our rule. We do this, we do this, we do this, but we have to initiate you. What is initiation? They said, you appear very religious. There are certain things you want to do, and then you either you don't report or you hide. So this is the test. You have to drink this uh, glass of alcohol. I said, my God, I don't, I don't really like Coke. 
I don't like this. What about alcohol? Okay. So now they pour it. I said, I have to belong. I drank maybe a quarter of it. I just poured it in my mouth. And it was, it was like uh, uh, fire service people <laughs> doing, doing something in my mouth. Immediately I poured it. And young people, I saw my flesh and blood come out. And that saved me. Because nobody now is going to tell me to say no to alcohol. It's I wanted to just belong. It's the same thing like cigarettes. During the midterms, you have boys who are really boys. They are guys. They are armed. So we get to a place, they distribute a pack of cigarettes. I took one, I put it, and then I saw water coming from my eyes and water coming from my nose. Nobody told me to say no to cigarettes. But you don't have to go through what I went through to be able to say no. Now, there are three things. Your belief, your knowledge and behavior. When you have the right belief, which is the result of the knowledge that you have, your behavior will change. I had a certain belief about friends. I wanted to belong. But I did not know them. So now I came to know them. Therefore, my behavior changed. Why is it that our belief is based on the Bible? Our belief is based on the Bible because there is, there is no truth which cannot be found in the word So when our behavior is based on our belief, it's so easy to say no to other things. Let me tell you another story. Maybe, I, I don't know whether I, 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 I said it during the marriage. We were in school. And then a message came to one of our friends that during the vacation, he slept with a girl, and the girl was pregnant. So we form a committee and advise the boy. The first question is, did you sleep with the girl? He said, yes. Then we say, how many times? He said, once. Then we say, if it's one, then the girl cannot be pregnant. I had my young daughters who have come to me say, daddy, in school, they said, if I don't uh, break my virginity, I cannot be pregnant. I said, that is the logic. You break it, you become pregnant. But that should not be what they will be telling you. So you see, your knowledge is very, very important. We have to be like the people of Beria. We have to search the scriptures. These days, people search the internet to even find out the way they can kill themselves. It's there. But the time has come for us to live our full life. People don't know that sin does not allow you to live your full life. Sin takes part of your life. And you become a bondage. If you like lying, have a life of lying. You think you are free, but you yourself know that you are what? You are in bondage. Illustrate it. You are a guy who has five names. He has got five passports. When he gets here, he's called Matthew. He gets here, he's called uh, John. You look at him and you say, this guy is, is a really guy. 
But go close to him. You see that the guy is what? In bondage. I like speaking to young people because I have children. You see, young people don't have wise understanding of issues. If the Bible says if we compare ourselves to them, then we are foolish. You want to live a full life. The first thing you need to do is to obey your parents. Give respect to the elderly people. You know, the Bible says that there were two people. There was the prophet and the servant of the prophet. And the prophet bowed down. And he was able to see what was happening in, in heaven. But the servant was a young person, full of strength. The, he, the servant was not wearing eyeglasses. Let's say the prophet was old, he was wearing eyeglasses. But he was looking down, but you could see out. The servant young man was standing uh, out, but he could not see. You see, what I'm a coach, so I tell people, I've gone through life for a long time. So there are certain things, I, but I am not older than this Bible. Is that right? So if you want advice, where would you go? You go to the Bible. Everything we need to be able to say no, it's in the Bible. You know, in Egypt, Pharaoh gave an order. He said that every male Israeli should be what? Should be killed. But there were two uh, midwives who were able to say no to the king. They were able to say no to the king. Why? Because they had their belief in God. And they knew that the king is sitting on the laps of what? Of God. The king is king because God puts no, uh, uh, air in what? We don't have to fear anyone. You see, the fear of man will lead you to sin. The fear of any person will lead you to sin. But if you fear God, the Bible says Joseph had left his father and mother. He was far away. And the Bible says that he feared God and therefore Joseph did not what? Sin. He was enticed. Potiphar created a desire. I don't know. Maybe she was just putting the hand around and all those kind of things. But Joseph said, I know God. Therefore, I will not sin. You see, the wages of sin is still dead. I'm not talking about cemetery. But you cut your life short. I was studying the Bible, and the, in the Bible they call it sin. But when you come to our world, they call it crime. When you commit a crime, what happens? Your liberty is what? Is taken. Your liberty is taken. So even if you go by what is happening in the world, sin does not pay. It looks very attractive. But it does not pay. It always takes something away from you. That is why the Bible says, the grace of God has appeared. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is the godly ability, godly strength, godly favor, godly empowerment for us to do what we we'll do to bring glory to God. But grace comes with truth. If you have grace and you don't have truth, you are in trouble. Grace will tell you if you sleep with somebody's husband or wife and you go and confess, uh, you'll be forgiven. Right? But the truth will tell you 
that if you touch somebody's wife or husband, it's like you have put fire in your bosom. Have you felt a small fire touching your finger? Is it painful? What about carrying it in your bosom? It's dangerous. And it will leave a permanent mark. That is what sin does. Sin takes away something from you. And it doesn't give you anything in exchange. But when you use the grace of God in your life, it gives you something in exchange. It gives you glory. It gives you honor. It gives you above all the peace of God. So, I'll continue, but I want to repeat this. Jesus has taken the power away from sin. Sin is in us. But, like Paul said, he says, Woe unto me. What I wanted to do, I can't do. What I don't want to do, I do. But thanks be to God who has given me what? Deliverance. He has set me free. Now, Paul is not different from us. The same grace Paul had, we also have that kind of grace. We have that same kind of grace. And we are not different from Paul. The difference is that we are living in another generation. The things that entice us are different from Hadio. But the principle of a car is that it takes you from one place to another. Just that these days, instead of a certain type of leather, they give you another type of leather and all those. But the principle of a car is the same. So the principle of sin is the same. But now it has changed its appearance. So when you see it, it looks very attractive. But you have power to say no. And you see, the Bible says, submit yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord and resist the devil and he will free. So when we obey God, when our belief in God is based on grace and truth, we can say no to Satan. And Satan would what? Flee. I'm saying it's Satan. It's not the small demons. It's Satan himself. He says, submit yourself under the mighty arm of the Lord. And then resist the enemy and he will flee. You have power to say no to Satan. And Satan will turn around and flee. You know, when Jesus was tempted, he did not sin on the, uh, in the desert. He did not sin. He said, no, no, no. And the devil started what? Running away. It's the same principle. It's the same principle. I met a young girl. I was ministering. She heard me and she was uh, going she was walking outside the church and God spoke to me. I said, go out and there's a young lady going there, invited. She came inside. And then I said, young lady, you are moving with a certain man. The Lord is about to give you your own husband. Do you like it? He said, yes, I like it. This, this year, no, it was last year. Last year, they had their wedding and they had a baby. You see, she had her own husband. She had her own husband. There was another lady in our office. I was praying somewhere, and the, the rival has bitten her, her finger. So she came with a plaster. And the Lord spoke to me. And I said, she's not called Cecilia. I said, Cecilia, 
God says, if you can leave that somebody's husband, he'll give you your own. Now she has two adult children. She has her own husband. What was she doing? She was stealing. She was living in sin. What sin does is that sin gives you fake hope. Fake hope. But the real hope is somewhere. So sin cheats you. Sin gives you duplicate. Not even duplicate. I don't know the worst world I can. Maybe a fake. Counterfeit. Counterfeit. But when you're able to say no to sin, sin will respect you. I have seen in ministry, I've seen young ladies undress before me and I say, lady, can you put on your, your skirt or whatever you have? This is where you can reach in life. When I've been in the, in the police, you come with money and the, the, the secretary will tell you, oh, not to my boss. Ask my boss, he doesn't uh, have you. No. There is a principle. There is a principle. I've been in ministries where another minister said, oh, if it were me, I would have charged the person so much. I said, not me. Pastor, I don't know you are aware. In 20, 2016, I think so, the Lord spoke to me in July. The American election was going to be in November. God spoke to me about Obama winning. It's not winning, but showing exactly what will happen that Obama uh, makes Romney will lose. But nobody heard it. I just communicated with the, the, the their party's government. The, I just communicated to them. And one other pastor said, he said, oh, if it were me, the whole America would have heard it. No. The message was for, was for somebody and I just delivered the message. There are certain things you should be able to say no to them. They say that if you walk with wise people, you'll be wise. But if you walk with foolish people, it's in your mouth. Church, saying no is very, very, very important. You know, self-control, gluttony, and greediness. Now, let me start with lack of self-control. One of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. The Bible says, anyone who cannot control himself or herself is like a city without a gate. Ladies, you know, if there is an, a lady in an area and every young man or every man knows that the lady can't close her gate. Every man what? Passes through. But at the back of your mind, you think that you are beautiful, you are most beautiful, because every man is... No. But look at the other side of it too. By the time you get ready to marry, everybody will tell you that we can't marry you. But you see, sin will make you appear as you are Miss Area, Area Girl. Miss Area, how do you call? But that is not it. If you cannot control yourself, then you have a problem. A city without wall. Anybody can what? Enter into the city and take whatever. So self-control is very, very important. It has to do with anger. It has to do with a lot of things. Don't confess to yourself that as of my anger, there's nothing I can do about it. No. There is something you can do about it. You can sit down, put anger in a chair and say, 
I am no longer going to feed you. When you stop feeding the desire, the desire will what? Will die. Look at every desire in your life. When you put the desire there and tell the desire, I, I, I am a Christian. The Spirit of God lives in me. God has given me the grace to say no. So from today, go and find your own food. Me, I'm not going to feed you. If you don't feed anger, it will not be there. Let's talk about gluttony. Let's talk about greediness. From here, I'll go to some of some, some, the homes of some of you. We'll see the things that you bought on the spare of the moment and you came back to the house and you asked yourself, why did I buy this? It's a sister to lack of self-control. Who doesn't want to invite me to the house? Oh, everybody wants me to come because are you sure? Are you sure? The spiritual dimension of lack of self-control is expressed in gluttony and uh, greediness. You know, you taking somebody's property, you are saying that you have stolen. But the process that went behind this is greediness. It doesn't belong to you. So you describe it that I'm taking. But it's greediness that is what? Pushing you. You know, we have come to a point in our lives, people want to see Christians. And it is by being able to say no that people will say yes. I, I trained some young girls. You can come to the house with the bands with the latest car, they'll put their feet down and tell you no. And they are so gifted. When one of my daughters say no, if it will ring in your ears for the rest of your life. So you wouldn't ever come to that place again. You have the power to, to reinforce your voice. So when you are speaking to something that you don't want to do again, you release the voice. You know, the Bible says the voice of Jesus is what? Many waters. Huh. So when you are saying no, you have to say no based on the word of God. And the word of God is what? It's Jesus Christ. But you don't know the dimension. The dimension is that you can say no with the voice of Jesus. And when the voice of Jesus accompanies your no, I don't know. It goes far ahead of you. So when the devil notices that, the devil will not come to you again. And you have your peace of mind. You have your peace of mind. Saying no, it's very, very important. It's a divine spiritual decision point. Our great, 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 great grandfather Eve and Adam, if they had been able to say no, you will not, sin will not have entered the world. Sin entered because they were not able to say no. Church, can't we learn from them? Can we? We can learn from them because you see, the Bible is made up of principles. When they said no, sin entered. So when they said yes to uh, Satan and they couldn't say no, the principle is that anytime you couldn't say no to evil, we are inviting who to come? Sin. Now look at this. In Genesis chapter 4, there is the story of Cain and Abel. 
I was looking at the story and, 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 and I discovered something. Do you know that Cain killed Abel after God has warned him that sin was crouching at his door? I always thought that it happened after. They offered sacrifice to God. And God did not like the sacrifice of Cain. Now, look at this. They say, when the desire of sin comes through temptation and you nurse it, it grows and then you perform the sin and then it results in death. So God told Cain that after the sacrifice, he says, look at your face. You look depressed. You look angry. Church, listen. You see, when you sin, you deceive yourself. You pretend that everything is what? Is good. But sin has no goodness. But we have been made to understand that sin is pleasurable. Sin is real painful. Real, it brings pain. The Bible says the condition of the heart nobody knows. But it reflects on what? On your face. You are in the office, you forge some papers, you steal something. Every time you are walking around, you are thinking about if I'm caught, when I'm caught. So you are not really enjoying. But those who don't know you stole, they'll be enjoying. And you yourself will be sitting down. You see, sin. Today, I want to expose sin. I want to let you know that sin creates disorder in your life. It takes away your peace. It takes away your confidence. It diminishes your potential. It makes you weak. The Bible talks about like weak as if uh, taking a, a, a knife and cutting through water. Is it difficult? It's not difficult. When you sin, this is how your life is. You become so weak that anybody can, can sort of push you aside. So God told Cain that overcome the sin. Now church, listen, at that time we didn't have the Bible. But do you know, Cain had the word of God. Let me give you another instance. There was a woman who was caught in adultery. And Jesus says, go and sin no more. We didn't hear that she has sinned again. It would have been an interesting story. But the point I'm making is this. If you believe, like I told you, if you know the word of God, then it will affect your behavior. This woman was told, go and sin no more. And she did not sin any longer. In other words, you don't need all the Bible. You just need a word from the Lord. The, the word says that the, 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 the consequence of sin is death. Put it around your neck and just go. That should be sufficient for you. The word is that Jesus died to give you the grace so I will not sin. I'll see sin but I have power over it. Put it around your neck. That is why in the Old Testament God told them to put it here their tassels on the doorposts and everywhere. But it says the time is coming when he writes his word in our hearts. God wants us to be strong people. People who are not tossed left and right. People who are, who are able to go forward. 
When we stand, nobody can point a figure against us. People who have, who have great testimonies in the Lord. I wrote a book in, on prayer, but I discourage people from praying. Let me explain. There are things we need to do and most Christians hide behind prayer. You are chasing somebody's wife or husband. What you need to do is to stop. Don't go and pray that let the man not pass here again. Remove yourself from the man's what? Pat. There is something for us to do. Because here it says that the time of grace has come for us to say no. It's for us to say no. It's not for us to pray no. It's not for us to pray no. Don't ask God that God help me not to steal again. No. Because it says the grace has already what? Appeared. So you have to now appropriate and use the grace. Should I repeat it? There are certain prayers we don't have to pray. It says the grace has already what? Appeared. Therefore, we should take the grace and what? Use it. But because we don't want to use the grace, we shut our eyes and say, God, no. God will ask you, what do you have in your hand? He said, look into your hand. He said, God, I have grace. He said, is it sufficient? Then you say, it's not sufficient. But God has already told somebody that his grace is what? Sufficient. So, every grace that we have, we have to use it. We have to use that grace. God, you see, I, I'm telling pastors and church leaders that it's, the time has come for us to prove the word of God. And we can prove it by appropriating every type of grace. The Bible says we should be bold to approach the throne of grace so that we might receive mercy that we need it. The time of saying our prayer is past. It's not the time of walking in the word of God. The time walking in the word of God. When we walk in the word of God, we'll get to a place that will say, God, bring us more grace. Otherwise, you are standing in the same place. You are praying for grace and the grace is coming. And then the grace is what? Just the collet is leaking. You are leaking what? Grace. We can say no to sin. Because sin has no power. Do you know why Christians are not afraid to die? Because death has no power over us. I'm not dying tomorrow, but I'm not afraid to die. I have a lot of things to do. But death has no power over any believer. But people are afraid of death. Therefore, they, they have covenant with other powers because they are afraid of death. Sin, thank you, thank you. Sin, sin make people afraid. Sin makes people afraid. If you are living in sin, you are always afraid. If you are living in sin, you are always afraid. And sin leads to life. And the Bible says the father of lies is Satan. So I just want us to understand this connection. You lie because you sin. And because you sin, you lied. We have to understand this connection. Because you will be thinking that it's only the lying, but it's the sinning that leads to another lie, to another lie, to another lie. 
And then soon you find yourself in the web of life. And sometimes you don't know how you entered. So you wouldn't know how to go out. And then in some places they say you need deliverance. You don't need deliverance. The grace is there. Begin to what? Apply it. Apply the grace. Because it's, it tells us to stop certain things, right? It tells us to stop certain things. The woman who was caught in adultery is the word. The word. The grace that came out of the mouth of Jesus. It says, go and sin no more. The woman, at the woman's time, we didn't have a full Bible, right? She just believed what Jesus told her. The woman Jesus met at the well, her faith was brought up. She had knowledge about it and then her behavior what? Changed. The Bible said, Jesus told the Jews who had come to have faith in him, he says, if you continue in my word, you know the truth and the truth what? Set you free. The truth will deliver you. So we have to continue in building our knowledge of the word. Our knowledge would, would increase our faith because our knowledge is about Jesus Christ. And then our behavior will change. Didn't we sing? Uh, we sang this song. The things I used to do, I'll do them no more. Did we sing that song? Did we ever sing? Oh, are we here? Did we sing that song? Oh, and where are we? Are we doing the things we said we will not do? We are doing them because we are not appropriating the grace. God has given us the grace to say no. In the, we put fuel in the car. What we need in the, our vehicle is what? Grace. But the grace comes with truth. Some people want the grace, but they don't want the truth. It's important to have that understanding. And for those of you who got baptized, the truth is that something has happened in heaven. There has been a turn around. When you look for the old person, you don't see the old person anymore. There has been a change. And the grace God has released is sufficient to take us to where we are going. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord give you insight. May the Lord give you real understanding of his word. And whatever you are set in your heart to do to the glory of God, may the Lord honor his word in your life. Above all, know that sin has no power over you. You can say no to sin and sin will hear and walk away. Sin will hear and walk away. And when it walks away, you are, your maturity is what? It's increasing. You see, the good thing about this is that as you grow in the faith, there are certain sins which will never ever come your way. The more you grow in the Lord, when it's just like driving, when you are going this way, sin is going this way. Isn't it beautiful? You're going this way and you see the car written sin all over going this way. That is what God wants us to do. That is why Jesus, if we have put our faith in Jesus, Jesus has provided us grace and truth. 
And do you know that when grace and truth appeared, the Bible says that now he came to show us the glory of God as the glory of the Father. Where sin dwells, there is no glory. There is darkness. Where sin dwells, there is shame. Where sin dwells, there is what we call depression, anxiety. You don't live your full life. One of the things God explained, he says, sin diminishes your life, your image. Suppose you have stolen somebody's properties with you and the police has placed all of us in this room and you are searching everybody one by one. How do you feel? Tell me. How would the person who has that property feel? Anxious. Another word. You are afraid. Another word. Pardon me. Nervous. You see? Sin makes you nervous. Sin makes you anxious. And you said afraid. Sin makes you afraid. So now, everybody is being searched. They are only left with five people. You have the option to confess or put the thing in somebody's bag. Sin will find you out. Sin itself would expose you. That is something that you don't know. Sin will not tell you that you would expose you. When you sin, sin would expose you. Because the business of sin is making people ashamed, making people nervous. You know, I did a a little bit of police work. The moment they are, they are questioning you and you are nervous, it will show. Who is doing that business is the sin. If you forget anything at all, know that Jesus has power over sin. And that sin will bring shame to you. Sin will make you nervous. Sin will make you afraid. And sin would expose you. Sin would expose you. Between the time of enticement, a desire growth, and doing it, you have time to say no. 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 Sin will not have dominion over me. Christ will have dominion over me. And if Christ has dominion over you, you'll be able to have dominion over sin. God bless you. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. So we come to the point of meeting you. May your name be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I wish you the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus